we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. So this whole movement, and I think the big word that I'm sensing that people are thinking right now out there is disinformation is the word. And, and you're seeing that at a big scale right now because you see that the Biden administration has created sort of this disinformation bureau or board, whatever you want to call it. Many are calling it the Ministry of Truth from the Georgia. You all read George Orwell. You know what I'm talking about. I've read it like three, four times. It's a 1984 <laughs> incredible book, right? blew my mind. So in, in all the years I've been on Twitter, I, I've never had even a, like an hour suspension. You know how they suspend people for like an hour, two or three or a couple of whatever. Well, they went ahead and sent me a message that said, hi, Malcolm out loud. Your account has been locked for violating the Twitter rules. You know, I felt like I assaulted somebody when I read that. I said, come on, you gotta be kidding me. And it goes on violating the policy on spreading misleading and potentially harmful information related to COVID-19. Uh, I'm pretty, pretty juiced on this, uh, my fellow Americans and to my friends around the globe. It is Malcolm Out Loud here and you're listening to America Out Loud Pulse. Um, and of course, on the line here with us is my dear brother and comrade here. Dr. Peter McCullough. Malcolm, I can't believe you what? got your first Twitter tag. It's never happened. Peter. Never happened. I'm, I'm swear to you, never happened. And now here it is. And I felt assault. I feel like I... You know what? I, I don't know if I assaulted somebody or somebody assaulted me, but, you know, you feel like violated. You know what I mean? The problem is they don't tell you what rule you violated. And not only that, but they don't post the rules. So how can you play by any types of rules unless you know what they are? Well, OK, so now uh, thank you for saying that. That's cool. All right. But let me say this to you, just because I know you think I'm the rebel. I know you think, you, you know, I'm this, oh, gonna, whatever. but you know, I want to tell you something. I've told a lot of people over time, like, okay, listen, we got to play by their rules. They own these platforms. I mean, this has nothing to do with your first amendment rights. These are probably, these are separate. These are probably held co companies are not government entities. And unless there's new rules in play, we sort of have to play by their engagement, whatever they say, because we're not paying for this. Uh, you know, this, these are free accounts. So I, I respect that is what I'm saying. Uh, you know, I, I, I get that. And I don't try to get on the and, and you know, another thing about me, and I think you would admit, uh, I, I think you might admit to this. I don't do nasty. I never have in my life done nasty stuff on social media. I don't agree with it. When somebody even calls names or does something like a low, you know, like a low kick, I don't even respond like, I don't ever go there. Like, I take the high road, like always, just about. And so I'm never really, I'm, that's why I never had problems, because I don't go back and forth or call people names or get ugly. I just figure it's not worth it. Life is too short for that nonsense. All right, here's what happened, Peter. Here's what happened. So the, the tweet in mention is uh, a tweet that was put out, oh, about a month ago, it looks like, about a month ago. And it was a tweet, you're going to love this now. It said, even the main, mainstream media can't hide players suffering a full cardiac arrest on the game field. Hundreds of athletes are being forced to end their careers because they took the shot. Poor choice, but who's to blame? Hashtag vaccines. 
This is by, nonetheless, uh, by Dr. Stephen Latula, one of our colleagues on the platform, right? Correct? You know, he put a post on the platform and those were his words. They're not my words. They're from his column. I don't censor speech. As long as we're ladies and gentlemen, I'll run it. No problem. I don't, you know, I don't like censoring speech, but that was the, that was the, the tweet. Now, so I want to talk to you now as the country's, uh, as far as I'm concerned, as the country's top leading physician in this particular subject. And okay. So is there bad information there? Now you tell me from scientific and medical expertise, was that information incorrect that was just said in that post? No, I, I just can't judge what um, could potentially going on. We don't know if humans are reading these uh, messages or <laughs> if it's electronic reading and it's triggering. But here's the critical issue, Malcolm, is that, sure, it's a private, it's a private platform. Right. And they, if, if they wanted to, they could curate content. However, when there are millions and millions of people who join the private platform, the, they actually drive the advertising revenue. So Twitter is not making the, the revenue. Actually, the people are driving it because they're the consumers. Because we're the product. And, we're the product. Right. We, we're the product. We, yes, absolutely. So, so the point is this, is that at some point in time, a platform like that becomes a common carrier. And when there's a common carrier, mm -hmm. now there's a problem with the common carrier exercising censorship. So the Federal Trade Commission or the Federal Communications Commission can have as a common carrier some rules about uh, explicit language and nudity and, and pornography and things like this. And, you know, they can exercise their, their curation of this. But this idea that someone's going to curate uh, your opinion or Steve Tulupi's opinion on athletes dying on the field. That's where that's over the line. Do you know Twitter does not even censor uh, nudity and porn pornography? No, I know. I know. I yeah, know. It's, it's wide open. It's, yeah. it's wide open on pornography. Yeah. Obviously, it's a political agenda. It's clearly a political agenda. Now, to go further with you, what it says here is they put a label on the tweet and they say, learn, uh, they misleading. Learn why health officials consider COVID-19 vaccines safe for most people. Now, they say for most people. You, you, you're going to love this, McCullough. You're going to love it. And then it says, find out more. And this tweet can't be replied to, shared, or liked. Now, before I tell you what's on behind that door, you have to click door number two here to find out more. But before I do, the email I received in from them uh, was fascinating as well. Because it had all of this, uh, you know, let's see, you violated the policy on spread and misleading of potentially harmful information related to COVID-19. We understand that during times of crisis and instability, it is difficult to know what to do to keep yourself and your loved ones safe. Under this policy, we require the removal of content that may pose a risk to people's health, including content that goes directly against guidance from authoritative sources of global and local public health information. In other words, the color of these are the people who've been lying like hell to us, but this is what they want us to go by. For more information on COVID-19, as well as guidance from leading global health authorities, please refer to the following links. And then it says, please note that repeated violations will lead to a permanent suspension of your account. Proceed to Twitter now to fix the issue with your account. Now, what they do, they force me to, uh, to log back in because I've, I've been logged out and I've been a bad boy put in the corner and you've got to log back in. And then what's got to happen is you've got to remove that tweet from your bit. So I had to remove the tweet in order to have access to the account again. 
And to do that, so I did that and I followed all that. And then, then you have access to the account again with, a, I guess, a strike against you or whatever they do, whatever their policies or programs are. When you click on that misleading quote message with the big uh, red uh, uh, triangle and the warning signs like, ooh, 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 you, you've been bad here. It says, you know, scientists and public health experts say that vaccines are safe for most people. Now, I love this catch-all. Uh, uh, talk to me on this here. Uh, I'm really meaning it. For, what the hell does for most people mean? What, what does that even mean for most people? Like, is that like what? Is uh, What does most people mean? Like, is that 99.9? Is it 10%? Is it what what does that mean? Help me. You're raising the issue of how do you actually define information and misinformation? Most people, how is that defined? How is safe defined? How is safe defined? So uh, if athletes are dying on the field after vaccination, and if the FDA has a warnings that the vaccines damage the heart and cause heart muscle damage and cause blood clotting then how does one arrive at safe? How is that quantified and defined? How is it most people defined? You can see how messy this is. What's going to happen is uh, it's already been announced that there are going to be these councils and laws. Somebody somewhere who is anonymous, probably uncredentialed, unqualified, is going to now be making decisions on authoritative people mm -hmm. who are qualified and their statements. This is just simply a way of stating that there will be wide open censorship of authoritative individuals. And any time, my friends out there, any time, listen to me, listen to me. Anytime you give government an inch, they take a mile. And you know, that's what happens here. And it's very concerning based on what you just said right there. Very, very concerning. I'm looking at the post right now that Latula wrote, Dr. Stephen Latula. Listen to the title of this, Peter. It says, young athletes are dying in record numbers due to this safe and effective vaccine. That's the title of it. Got a lot of views. And I, I mean, that, that is a true statement. I mean, that from everything I've seen, is that is that an incorrect headline or statement? Really, truly. You know, the, what needs to be nailed down is, you know, what is the vaccination status in those who are having these sudden cardiac arrests? We do have enough cases mm -hmm. of clear-cut fatal cardiac arrests of people who take the vaccine to make that, you know, leap that, in fact, the athletes are dying of vaccine cardiac injury. But the point is, you know, we should be conservative. And they're, they're actually talking about things that are harmful to the public taking a vaccine and potentially dying due to the vaccine that's harmful to the public. Steve's message is actually trying to reduce harm to the public. Th thank so, you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank so you. even the goal, the goal thank of this you. is to reduce harm to the public. Amen. They are going against the goal. And, uh, you know, I think everybody ought to take a peek at Joe Rogan's YouTube video about censorship. And this came out a few months ago. He said, listen, where you see censorship, that means your freedoms are being taken away. Well, it totally is. I mean, we're seeing it. Now, this new board, just to touch really lightly on this, because we're in the deep in the trenches here of this, and as people are engaging, and yes, we're going to get to all the questions in just moments here, friends, uh, for this, a uh, lot of quite great questions here. But all right, so this board, this disinformation board, they're putting together at the federal level here. I mean, this is about as 1984 as you could possibly get. This board's being led, as you all know out there, you've heard the name probably, this Nina Jankowitz. Uh, she's a disinformation expert. She's the one you've seen the videos. Did you see that? 
uh, McCullough, where she's singing uh, Mary Poppins uh, on the video. Did you see that video? She's singing Mary Poppins or something like her. I mean, she's, did you see it? M- Malcolm, I, th- I, I think it, when I saw that video, I thought it was a young woman who had lost yeah. her mind. Right, exactly, exactly. I mean, she's as flaky as the day is long. I mean, come on, come on. And, and I'm being respectful here. I mean, she's a flaky person. And she's running what? Or, or who? <laughs> And based on what qualifications, do you know what's going on overseas? You know, because remember, everything is parallel. We're in a parallel universe. This is going overseas. Uh, our colleague, Asim Malhotra, over a cardiologist, well-respected young cardiologist in the UK, has taken the bull by the horns and said he is going to work with experts and he's going to define the information. And I said, boy, that's go grab it now. Don't let someone like this lady try to define what medical information is. We need to grab this one quick. Well, there's a lot of pushback happening now. I don't know if this is going to come off because they're starting to walk it back. I mean, the pushback on this uh, is from left to right is serious. I mean, Democrats, Republicans, Independents, moderates, everybody is offended by the strike to our First Amendment rights. And they know full well that they're going to over-censor this thing uh, and over-politicize it all. And, you know, and none of us are really trying to do any, like, as you were just saying, many of us, including the doc here, the Tulip, and all of us are trying to help. You know, I have been very careful about free speech, this fine line we have. And I tell all of our experts, uh, as an example here, all of our show hosts, we've got about 60 uh, writers, columnists, show hosts. I mean, we are growing and exploding here on the platform. And I tell them all the time, listen, don't get nasty in social media. Don't don't use languages. Don't do that, man. Don't sink to that level. Rise above it. I said, and quite frankly, um, if you have something to say, I mean, we don't censor free speech at America Out Loud. Now, having said that, we still need to be ladies and gentlemen, as you said moments ago, don't want pornography, don't want ugly business, don't want racist, don't want hate. That I'm not interested in. But if you have an opinion and I don't agree with that opinion, that's perfectly legit. Like, I don't, you know, really, do you, would you guess, listen to this, Dr. McCullough, you know how many, I probably don't agree. I, I, I mean this seriously. I probably don't agree with 25, maybe 30% of the pieces I publish. Like I have a different opinion and I don't agree with them. Do you know what I'm saying? And yet we still publish them because it's not my opinion that matters in a world of free speech. Does that make sense? Sure. And actually that should happen. It's not your role, nor is it your purview to agree with everything on your platform. And I can't, I can't. And people sometimes, well, what do you mean? America Out Loud said, no, America Out Loud didn't say that. America Out Loud believes in free speech. Allows and beliefs and bringing people to the table to have a real conversation. So, what I tell people is, listen, we are we know all of the social media and the mainstream media and the cable media and everybody across the border censoring all this stuff. We know that. We know the federal government's doing their bit. We know things are in a weird space right now. So places like America Out Loud is where free speech lives. So I tell you, if you want to say something again, as a lady and gentleman, don't get a please don't get crude and obnoxious. Use this space. Don't use it on your post and get uh, uh, suspended. So here's the rules I play with. And yet what happens to me? They slap me right upside the head with that. And by the way, that post was a month ago, a month ago. And they just found it. I evidently or somebody reported it. I don't know. And yet I didn't say anything. It was none of it was my opinion. It was just what this doctor had said, Dr. Latula. And I put it out there as a piece from our platform. So anyways, I'll tell you. 
I think it's really disturbing what's going on with uh, free speech in this country and what's happening with this disinformation business. And I never thought I would live to see what we're experiencing right now. It, it really feels like a whiplash. Uh, uh, sincerely, Peter, it really does. It feels like we're being hit upside the head. And it's one after the next, after the next. And you know what? Until we begin to start to really push back now and say, we're not going to have it anymore. We're, we're losing our rights here, brother. We're losing our rights. You know, I completely agree. I, I think this is not a time to retract. This is not a time to uh, head for cover. I think we have to be bold. We have to be relentless. We have to be on point. And we have to be even more assiduous with support of our views. It's very important. I go on national media almost every day. I was just on TV a few hours ago. And I cite the literature. This is very important. On the McCullough Report, I always get people to cite the literature or cite the national statistics. Yep. It's really important because we're going to go back and sooner or later, someone's going to say, where's your support for this? And we've got to have it. Well, you listen, you do that all the time. You've always done that. In fact, if there's one thing that people always say, because I see all the email, all this stuff, it's that you do exactly that. You don't get on there and just you know, throw garbage out there or disinformation. I mean, you're actually sourcing the data points and all of the information as it should be done. Uh, and so it's a beautiful thing. Uh, we, and I, I really appreciate what you just said. You know, to share with all of you out there, just before the mic went hot, I, I said to my, my brother Peter here, I said, you know, I said, I, I'm pretty juiced about this disinformation. That's going to be the lead story. <laughs> so he had no idea what was coming. But uh, this all just happened like two, three hours ago. This post was in my email and I, it had never happened there. And I was like, I felt like I was either assaulted or assaulted somebody. It was like, what the hey is this? I mean, I don't do any of that stuff. Anyways, uh, I digress. I digress. All right, let's get on to all the questions now. And uh, we'll, we'll do it. Let's see. Here's what we'll do. I got a couple of questions right up front here. Then we'll, then we got a lot of great stuff. We'll take a quick pause. We'll come back. So let, let, let me get these couple here and then we'll, we'll move the program right along here. And again, hey, by the way, welcome in uh, to America Out Loud Pulse. I hope you're listening to all the days, uh, Monday through Friday. And uh, we got some great talent in there. And, and by the way, those questions, when you go to America Out, America Out Loud Pulse on the navigation bar, you know, to the show page on the platform, you can send a question to any of the, any of the uh, host. You can send it to Dr. Marilyn Singleton on Monday or Dr. Uh, James Weiler on um, Friday uh, or any of them. Dr. Jordan Vong and all of those people are on there. Just take a look at the host. And uh, again, send a question to any of them, please. And we'll make sure they have it. Uh, this first one is from Ilion. It says, hello and thank you for all your work in exposing the lies. <laughs> Disinformation and explaining the truth regarding COVID. My question is, how do we find a doctor for net or a network of doctors that are tuned into these issues and are helping patients dealing with heart and clotting issues from the vaccine? Is there a network of doctors available to choose from that specialize in these areas like the heart and clotting issues? And you usually say the AAPS, don't you? Yeah, it's usually I, I list the AAPS Association of American Physicians and Surgeons that or largely, you know, they range from general medicine physicians to surgeons, other specialists as the group. But specifically when it's heart damage 
or it's blood clotting problems, it's almost always a clinical cardiologist. That would be someone like myself. That's what I saw all day. So when you're asking in your area, it'll be clinical cardiology, and then you'll go from there. Okay. And uh, the, um, the site, let me just tell that aapsonline.org, I believe it is. Is that right? That's right. Sure. Okay. All right. All right. This next one's from Lucy. Uh, my father had a heart attack and was diagnosed with congestive heart failure. Uh, he had a stent placed and recovered well. He seemed to be completely fine. He had no complaints until he received, you know it, the two doses of the COVID vaccine in February 21. He started complaining of more fatigue and dizziness, but he never made the connection to the COVID vaccine. In July of 21, he had a sudden onset of severe dizziness and passed out and died from a heart attack. Wow. I hadn't even read that before now. Wow. I often wonder if the COVID vaccine caused his congestive heart failure to get worse. Is there any data showing the COVID vaccine has any effect on patients already diagnosed with congestive heart failure? He was doing so well at the start of the year. I can't help but think the COVID vaccine contributed to the sudden death, even though he had the heart attack five months after he was double vaxxed. I'd appreciate any information you have. So Dr. McCullough, I mean, listen, there. My heart goes out to these these people. Their dad lost a dad and, uh, you know, a father and this problem. But there's a lot of stuff we don't know about this, isn't there? There sure is. Uh, two sources of evidence. One was uh, an American Heart Association abstract that came out in the last year. And the investigators looked at baseline and after vaccination. They did what's called the POLS test, all capital letters, P-U-L-S, which is an integrative biomarker score that's enormously predictive of a subsequent heart attack. And they show that after vaccination, the pulse score markedly elevates. So it's almost as if the body is primed to have another heart attack or a cardiovascular event. And then uh, just a month or two ago, a paper from the VA by Xi and colleagues, a Chinese last name, demonstrated that with COVID-19, the respiratory illness, that the respiratory illness itself uh, increases the risks of cardiovascular events that are subsequent. So if this individual, like so many, has actually had COVID-19, the respiratory illness, and the vaccine, then there's basically a double risk for this happening. I would say on a more probable than not basis that the vaccine did play a role in death. Lucy, there's your answer. And my heart goes out to you and your family, really and truly. Uh, we'll let you, you'll, you'll, you'll hear this because we will email, we email every questionnaire back. So you'll know it's on here and you can listen to this. And uh, God love you here. Um, you know, the two things I'm hearing more and more about, Dr. McCullough, is uh, that come to my mind in condition to these vaccines that are being um, uh, taken here. Uh, and COVID itself is that the two suspects I'm hearing all the time is the heart, the, 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 these coronary problems, uh, and also the fact, the weirdness of cancers appearing, cancers. These are two like really touch spots for me now that I'm seeing a lot of correspondence from a lot of listeners uh, that are byproducts of all of this. Is, is that correct? It certainly is the case. You know, I have to tell you an anecdote and tell the audience a quick anecdote. Okay. I was in the Florida save a generation tour. I was on the first segment of across the panhandle and I was in a car with Chris Wark. I don't know if you ever run into Chris Wark, but he's a super influencer. Yeah. Uh, Chris is a cancer survivor, young guy, very dynamic on stage. And I was with uh, Ryan Cole, who's considered, he's been on the McCullough report, considered really a hero in COVID-19 treatment. He's a pathologist. We get, we get sleepy 
Malcolm, so we pull over to a Dunkin' Donuts, okay, in the middle of kind of nowhere in Florida, Panhandle, to get a cup of coffee. And two ladies come in separately, but they recognize us. And they wanted to have pictures and we're waiting for our coffee. And then one lady said, Dr. McCullough, Dr. Cole, I have to tell you a story. This is so awful. Uh, several months ago, I took my father in to take, get a COVID-19 vaccine. I thought it was the right thing to do. He got his vaccine and then he died in the passenger seat as I drove him home. He died in the passenger seat. And do you know to this day, Malcolm, our CDC and FDA say not a single death is due to the vaccine. Not even ones where it's so proximal that he was perfectly fine as she drove him for the vaccine and he died on the way home from the vaccine. So the point of this anecdote is the closer it is in time, the more certain we are that in fact it's related. Uh, a typical regulatory standard is within 30 days. If it's within 30 days, whether you can prove it or not, that's uh, tight enough. We should have known about this. Pfizer knew about 1,223 deaths within 90 days of release of their product. Many of those occurred within 30 days. They clearly with it were within the window that Pfizer should have pulled their vaccine off the market. Yeah, it's like we're living in two universes. It really is. I, I, I still keep thinking we're going to wake up from this or somebody's going to tell me it was just a bad, bad dream all the way around. It's, it's just not, it's very illogic here. Everything we're talking about, it's crazy. Um, well, We've been talking about a lot of the interest in products, and I want to bring one right to your attention right now with some great, great products, and, and we've got more coming. I mean, just great products that uh, bring value to our lives. This one here I want to talk to you about, I didn't, get a, I didn't get a chance last week, but I want to do it right now with Dr. McCullough, and I know he's pretty high on this as well. It's the Genesis Fiber. Very, very interesting piece of equipment. And I think more so because they're using this amazing product, HOCL. And HOCL, I mean, is the more I find out about this, the more remarkable it is because it kills the viruses, the flus, the influencers, the superbugs, SARS-CoV-2, all of these pathogens. So the, the thing that Genesis Fogger does is it, it was a way to distribute this amazing chemical. And by the way, that chemical is amazingly safe. You can clean, wash fruits and vegetables with it. You can use it as a nasal rinse. You can do all kinds of things. You know, I find that really remarkable, Dr. McCullough, that this product hasn't already been a household name and the Genesis Fogger should be. It should. You know, I just came to mind, uh, someone in my house has a terrible head cold, lots of congestion, struggling, uh, sleeping in a separate bedroom, windows open, you know, trying to, you know, trying to reduce the contagion in the house. That's the room that needs the Genesis Fogger. Fortunately, you know, it's, it's easy uh, once you have it loaded with the right amount of fluid and water, uh, uh, distilled water, uh, you can bring it up there. It doesn't drip. It doesn't make a mess. Fire it up. It's a fine, dry mist and get that room sanitized. Yeah, I mean, it, they some of the things is, you know, instead of running around wiping every little thing down and not getting all the problems, this one kills it all uh, because of that dry mist that's in the air. Uh, the website you can go to now, they have scientific findings. There's all kinds of wonderful information on here, by the way. So do your own research. But it's genesisfogger.com forward slash, you know, it out loud. Uh, and it's 15% off the fogger you get by using the code out loud. But listen, the other easy way to remember is the banner ads back at americaoutloud.com. Just click the banner ad. It'll drop you right in there. I'll find out more. I have a sense this product will be a household product for all of us that'll be used and for a whole lot of reasons. Also, small businesses, application, our homes, things like that. It is definitely the way to go here. 
Uh, listen, let's take a real quick pause. I promise we've got a lot of questions to get to. Um, wow, pretty juiced here today. I don't know. I've been suspended from Twitter. It's a remarkable world here. Uh, my friends, stay right here. We'll join you on the other side here. You're listening to America Out Loud Pulse. This is Dr. Peter McCullough. Do you know there's no other condition that I'm aware of where vitamins and supplements make such a big difference than COVID-19? We have a an abundance of data that we need to be replete with a variety of micronutrients, and that includes vitamins, minerals, and other substances our bodies need. I rely on Healthy Cell Super Boost. That's Immune Super Boost. It's a, a gel pack that can be taken every day. I like to do it before I exercise and before I go out. It's a wonderful supplement. It gives me the immune super boost that I need. Go to HealthyCell.com, use the promotional code OUTLOUD, and get a discount on your first order. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. In today's world, there's no escaping the headlines filled with warnings about emerging viruses and dangerous superbugs. Genesis is the only technology that safely and effectively obliterates harmful pathogens both in the air and on surfaces. Genesis plus HOCL neutralize these threats to your environment in just seconds. Find out more about this amazing technology at genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a 15% discount. With Genesis, you'll be prepared for what's next. People often ask me, Malcolm, how do we fight the corruption? Robert Frost has said it best. Freedom lies in being bold. Hell, for six incredible years, bold is America out loud. Welcome to the new era in communications. America out loud talk radio. While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist and people get sick. There's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chance of getting sick. Cofix RX, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray, provides an additional invisible layer of protection from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on americaoutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with Cofix RX. Out Pulse, it is Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly, and it is always a privilege to be with you. Uh, and I always say, my fellow Americans, and to my friends around the globe, I got friends in all kinds of places all around the globe. And you know, Dr. McCullough, we have to say that, don't we? Don't we? We do. I tell you, it's clearly a global community when it comes to our world, our world of the truth about medical information, the truth about the pandemic. It is a global world. We're talking about fighting globalism, but I can tell you, it is a global community of people searching for truth. Mm, amen. Amen. You know, I just love you, brother. Man, now everybody knows that. All right. This next one's from Peggy. God bless you, Malcolm and Dr. McCullough. I love these Q&As. So I almost cried when I heard Malcolm talking about his wife. I too had severe COVID at the end of December. By the grace of God, I escaped the ventilator and have recovered. 
I am unvaccinated. I suppose I'm high risk due to the bronchitis and mild stable lung infection diagnosed five years ago. I'm 62 years old, actually I'd say 62 years young. I have needed no medications and have a very healthy lifestyle. Have no symptoms from the lung disease aside from bringing up a small amount of mucus from my daily intense exercise. Good for you, Peggy. Um, lung uh, function tests are excellent. I'm wondering if I am still considered high risk for severe COVID now that Delta is gone and Omicron doesn't involve the lungs as much. I'm afraid of catching COVID again uh, after what I went through. I miss my kids and grandkids so much. Are the nasal rinses and gargles enough protection in my case? Should I only visit family outdoors? The N95 mask may not be enough protection. So these are all the fears, Dr. McCullough. Now, um, this is me talking now, but these are the fears that people have. Here's a lady who went through hell, and I know because my wife went through this. What do you say to her? That's a great question. So there are some high-risk features with the lung disease and age, and not so much at 62, but the lung disease, the prior COVID though, gives protection against severe disease, no matter what your background situation is. So what makes her low risk is the prior COVID infection. That means there's a negligible risk of hospitalization and death. One paper from Qatar in New England Journal of Medicine showing the prior infection has about a 60% protection against the Omicron, which is the current variant, about 60%, it's not perfect. So you can get Omicron and it'll be characteristically mild. Most studies now, whether you take vaccines or not, indicate zero hospitalizations with Omicron. Zero, wow, yeah, I thought it was pretty close to that, but yeah. Uh, because we're now at the end of this thing, we hope. So this next one's from Bob. Have you heard of hospitals vaccinating their unvaxed unvaxed patients without consent. Listen to this one. The reason I asked is that my unvaxed elderly mother recently had orthopedic surgery and ended up suffering an AV, uh, heart block, um, and an increase in, uh, let's see, the trop trop troponin, right? Uh, she also had other changes in blood tests consistent with, oh, vax. Okay. So she had things consistent with a vax. Uh, what really makes me suspicious is that it is the policy of Massachusetts General Hospital to try and convince unvaccinated surgical patients to get the vaccine surgery. Seems incredibly dangerous given known side effects to mix that with surgery and anesthesia. She's now very weak and, and breathless six weeks after surgery. How can I find out what happened? She had COVID three months ago. I'm not sure if antibody tests for spikes would prove anything. What do you say to that? Request the medication administration record, the MAR, medication administration record from the inpatient records. It's your uh, you know, right to have those and see. Uh, the, the correct conclusion is we should never vaccinate around the time of an intercurrent illness. Even the FAQ for the vaccine say don't do it within 90 days of being sick. And, and so you know, we should extend that broadly across diseases. We shouldn't do it it's extremely worrisome for our Australian listeners, uh, Malcolm. Do you know they have legislation proposed yeah. to actually vaccinate people against their will once they're under anesthesia? Yeah, yeah. And I've got a couple later for Australia. I am anxious to share with you, by the way, that you bring that up. Uh, it's unbelievable. It's heartbreaking what's going on there. Uh, so, Bob, there's your answer there. And, you know, I will say to you, I've seen this with my own wife when we were at the um, post-COVID appointments, even recently, she was in an appointment. And you know, Dr. McCullough, they get, and I, I want to tell you, they get downright nasty. I'm talking about the doctors now, get downright nasty. One of them dismissed her and said she has no reason to come back here because she wouldn't succumb to his vaccine. I mean, what the hell is this? 
You know, we think it's the only, you know, would doctors get that upset about the pneumococcal vaccine or about the shingles vaccine? What is it about this vaccine? We, we think it's a manifestation of mass psychosis that the human mind isn't thinking correctly. I mean, the best example of mass psychosis now is look in Shanghai, China. They're wearing hazmat suits, tackling each other, stuffing uh, PCR swabs uh, up their nose. They're killing their pets, locking themselves into buildings, starving themselves. Uh, you know, we, we don't even wear hazmat suits to take care of COVID. We don't even use hazmat suits. You can tell that they've basically lost their minds. I think some of these doctors have actually lost their minds. Yeah, well, thank you that you said it. And I would second that motion, uh, Your Honor. <laughs> so uh, it's it's remarkable. I've been in some of those and I don't, as you know, Althea, and I don't do well with confrontation uh, because I will push back if you get in my face. Now, I'm always a gentleman, but and, and my wife has gone through. She'll take a lot more than I will. She's like McCullough. I'm like McCullough's wife. You see how that reverses, Peter? You see that, don't you? Well, right. you know, I had I had uh, basically an, an Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi moment uh, with my primary care doctor, I go once a year. And he said, have you had to, have you taken the vaccine? I said, I had COVID early on, it was too late for the vaccine. And he kind of looked at me blankly. And he said, Yes, it was too late for the vaccine. And then I said, and it's not safe enough for me. Oh, man. And then he oh. said, yes, it's not safe enough for you. It just, it was almost as if he was like a stormtrooper. I mean, it was, you have to be bold, oh. and you have to be assertive. So you do, you know, I'm glad you said that, but, and I definitely am. Uh, anyways, uh, I, I'm just thinking somewhere down the road, I don't know what, you know, I haven't had a holiday. This is not the place for this. I'm digressing, but I haven't had a vacation or a holiday in six years since the beginning of America Out Loud. When we were just talking, I was thinking, you know, we got to go on holiday. Uh, and um, uh, I could just see now uh, that uh, I'll have much more in common with your wife and you'll have much more in common with Dee. So it'll work out perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this next one is from Melissa. I love it. From Melissa. You know, listeners are going to love this program. It's pretty, uh, pretty over the top. All right. Melissa says, we've recently received notice that all high school seniors are required to get another meningitis vaccine. Okay, we're just saying. Before they can enter school. Normally, this would not be a concern to myself and other parents, but after two years of increasing distrust for the CDC recommendations, this new booster shot requirement makes us very uncomfortable. We would like to know the risk of meningitis compared to the risk of this vaccine booster. Can you offer any advice on how, whether this booster is safe or how we can research the risk benefits on our own for this vaccine and any future recommended vaccines? Malcolm, in my view, the meningococcal vaccines are safe and effective. They've reduced rates of serious meningitis in children who are in this congregate type of period in life. And that my only advice now, given the shaken trust, is to demand to see the package insert. See the package insert before the needle goes in the arm to be assured that indeed it's a meningococcal vaccine that's being delivered. Okay. Next one is from Rika. Says, my friend was diagnosed with polymyositis and has progressed within four months. It actually sounds like ALS. He's having difficulty swallowing and walking. Are there any studies that show COVID vaccines cause an ALS or something similar? And what kind of treatment can be done? Well, ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease is very different than um, polymyositis, which is a, a muscle skin disease. So the two are separate. Neither one that I'm aware of has been linked to the COVID-19 vaccine. Okay. All right. not, but that's not to say it couldn't be. 
correct? Right. I, I mean, it's just, you know, everything's on the table, but I think we'll just stay within what there's been about a thousand papers published. I'll stay within that realm. Okay. Next one's from Megan. I'm looking for information on skin rashes after COVID vaccination. I work in a long-term care facility and we've had a crazy outbreak of skin issues. I feel like it's the vaccine. I just need info on how to prove it and then how to treat it. What do you say to that? There was a paper that was published in uh, the Journal of the American Medical Association on skin rashes after COVID-19 and uh, one of the characteristics is what's called dermatographism. And what that is, is uh, if you take a pen or a pencil and just try to write your name on someone's skin, if they have this allergic skin reaction, actually, you'll be able to write on someone's skin. It'll turn red uh, in, the, in the letters that you put on. Uh, and so it's called an urticarial rash. And in this report, they end up using steroids, Benadryl, a lot of drugs, and they ultimately use what's called omalizumab, which is a very expensive monoclonal antibody. This poor woman who had this in this report, she needed it for four months. And then uh, shockingly, at the end of the uh, paper, the doctor said, well, we're going to give her some extra Benadryl as she takes her next booster. So they were going to give more of it to her. And I tweeted on this. It's on my Twitter feed. I said, we never do this. Once somebody has an allergic reaction to a medical product, we never give more of it. Never. Yeah. And, and yet it's like everything else. They're doubling down, aren't they? It's as if the human mind isn't thinking correctly. It's almost as if the doctor's minds are not thinking correctly. Giving a product that's already caused an allergy to somebody to cause more of an allergy? Or how about this, giving a product that causes heart damage to somebody who already has heart failure? It's as if the doctors have lost their minds. Yeah, everything is uh, everything is upside down backwards. It's, it's obvious. This one's from Scott. Uh, please explain the real difference between the Novavax vaccine versus the messenger RNA vaccine. Difference in safety and side effects for both types. I'm mid-60s, never vaccinated and have extreme hes hesitation and thoughts. Never knownly had COVID. Main reason for info is to start traveling again. You see, they're still holding people back from traveling if you don't have these things. It's true. Well, the first thing is whether it's a pill or a shot, don't take any pill put down your throat or any needle in your arm to travel. Don't do it. It's just the wrong reason to take a mm. medical product in your body. Now, the messenger RNA vaccines are the genetic code for the Wuhan spike protein. They basically take over a mosaic of cells in the body. They harness the body's own genetic machinery to produce the dangerous, potentially lethal spike protein. It's produced for an uncontrolled duration and uncontrolled uh, 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 quantity in the human body. Never have we done this uh, before. That's what makes the messenger RNA vaccines so extraordinarily dangerous. And the Russian roulette theory proposed by Mark Giadot in France indicates that it all depends. Every shot you take, it's a matter of, you know, is this one going to get a big enough swirl to the heart to cause heart damage or a big enough swirl to get up in the brain or a swirl that goes to the bone marrow causes a blood disorder. It's probably a hemodynamic circulatory Russian roulette after the lipid nanoparticles get liberated out of the arm into the bloodstream. Now enter Novavax. Novavax is a purified a spike protein, no genetics involved. They tested 25 micrograms and five micrograms, and they went with a five microgram dose because it, it had uh, ad adequate immunogenicity. In general, in the registrational trials now published a year ago in the Wing of Journal of Medicine, the arm was more sore than Pfizer or Moderna 
but there appear to be far fewer systemic safety events. That means you know serious things that happen later on. We're following closely reports out of Australia. They have the greatest use of Novavax, and we are hearing reports of some of these um, anecdotally of some of the common things we hear about with the messenger RNA vaccines. There's simply not enough safety data to give a green light to Novavax. Uh, and the other very concerning thing about Novavax is it was the first company to announce that they have to remake their vaccine for Omicron. They were the first one to get out there and say, listen, we've got to make a new vaccine, implying that Novavax is obsolete against the current strain. Wow. Wow. And a lot of people are asking about the Novavax. That's, that's fascinating uh, information. I didn't know that. Uh, Marla says here, hello, Malcolm, Dr. McCullough, sending a heartfelt thank you to your entire team at America Out Loud Pulse. Americans are grateful. Thank you, Marla. Um, after listening to Dr. Michelle Perro's interview with Dr. McCullough, my question is regarding a little boy who was born with lymphedema of his right arm, entire arm swollen, and close to twice the size of his either arm. Um, even though his mother previously had COVID, she still decided to receive the COVID vaccine during her pregnancy. Have you ever seen this effect in a newborn whose mother received the vaccination? The doctors have given the parents no explanation. They have not performed any extensive tests beyond physical examination. Uh, so they're wondering, uh, do, you, do you know of anything like that with the transfer to the, uh, to the uh, uh, baby, the newborn? I would say related unless proven otherwise. Remember, pregnant women should never take the vaccine because they were excluded from the registrational trials. There were no studies indicating whether or not this would damage the baby. So, you know, we assume that products with dangerous mechanisms of actions will be dangerous for the mother and baby. It's called Pregnancy Category X. Dr. Ray Stricker out in San Francisco and myself published this in Trial Site News. It's Pregnancy Category X under no circumstances should a pregnant woman take one of these vaccines. Now there's a child with an unusual problem, right? So that is a problem of lymphatic drainage of the arm. Well, where, what does the spike protein in lipid nanoparticles, where does it target in the human body? The lymph nodes and the lymphatic system. So I think we got problems. Oh boy, all right. Next one's from Richard. Uh, in regards to the recent hepatitis cases in children with the UK reporting they are unvaxxed, does viral shedding have a cause and effect to these cases? I don't think so. The report by Marsh and colleagues in Eurosurveillance, 13 children in Scotland, serious hepatitis, one needs a transplant. Five of them had COVID-19, the respiratory illness, and they were still doing the serologies on the previous exposure. I think it's probably going to be ambient COVID, COVID in the community. Our CDC says now that 75% of kids have already had COVID, the respiratory illness. I think it's actually having prior COVID-19 respiratory illness, and then the superimposed adenoviral, uh, rotoviral, or enteroviral exposure. Now, uh, where do these other viruses come from? They're typically in bad water or bad food. Okay. Uh, next one's from Heidi. We are over 60, have not taken the jabs. We have recovered from Delta at home as of June 21. We have not had Omicron. We have learned via several sources that the flu vaccine, so perhaps other vaccines will be utilized in the messenger RNA technology starting as early as next flu season. She's thinking they're going to put them in these others. Could you please weigh in on that since many are vaccine leery and we are now committed to no more vaccines for the remainder of our lives? You know, I'm, I'm hearing this a lot now, Dr. McCullough, a lot. And with good justification, people have lost their trust. You know, June 2021, it may have been in alpha. It may not have been full-blown Delta. Either one, 
this individual still could get Omicron. And because whether it's alpha or delta, they're still susceptible to Omicron. They have about 60% protection against Omicron, but it could happen. It's going to be a mild illness. Certainly is something one wouldn't want to take a vaccine for. That's mm. for sure. But Moderna did announce 15 messenger RNA vaccines. Can you imagine loading the body with genetic code for coding for these other antigens, coding for influenza, coding for meningococcus, haemophilus, uh, pertussis? I can't imagine we are having such a bad time with the first messenger RNA vaccines to load up the body with 15 different um, uh, types of messenger RNA vaccines. In my view right now, the messenger RNA technology is not working out at all. And I think it'd be unwise to be diving into more of this product line. Okay. All right. You know, this next question I thought was uh, brilliant. It's only a few words. So <laughs> this is from John. Uh, it's a question I haven't heard yet, but why does the CDC not allow the use of ivermectin as standard of choice? The CDC doesn't have any role of allowing or not allowing any type of medicinal treatment. They are an investigation outbreak unit. They make general recommendations for doctors uh, to view. Uh, they try to help us, but the CDC has no role. So it should really say, why does the FDA then? Is that what it should be? Oh, the FDA has no role. Who has the role? The doctors have the role. The oh. doctors have the authority of using any drug they want to use. Now, the FDA has plenty of warnings on plenty of drugs. I prescribe drugs today. They've got FDA warnings all over them. Fine. I prescribe drugs all day today that are not FDA approved wow. for the indication I use them because that's what we do. The original advertising label has nothing to do with the current use of a product. And the FDA agrees. In the 2018 uh, issuance on the FDA website, it says, why do doctors use drugs off label? Because they're fulfilling unmet medical needs. So uh, this is an example where people now have the perception that the CDC yeah. or the FDA is supposed to yeah. be allowing or not allowing treatment. Yeah. They're overstepping their bounds. Yeah. But, but now for a drug to get to market though, it has to have approval. Right. It has to have approval and it has to have the original advertising claims. And the advertising claims are exactly that, that the companies negotiate what they want to advertise for. So a, a great example of this is a medicine called Corlinor. It goes by um, a generic name that's escaping right now, but Corlinor is actually has the original advertising claim to treat heart failure. Okay, that's what the company brought forward. They wanted to advertise that it treats heart failure. But the issue is doctors found it's extremely, it's the best drug of all to treat another problem called POTS or posterior orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. So here, here we have a drug that's never had FDA approval for POTS, but yet it's in the guidelines as a class 1A indication to use for POTS. We have this all the time. Do you know, by the way, there are drugs in heart failure that the companies never brought for US FDA approval, but we use. Yeah. So you know, the, the, the original advertising claims have nothing to do with current use. It, it makes sense what you're saying, but but here's the thing. It also makes your suspicion go up higher because yet they're all against it and they're, you know, it, it's being regulated everywhere. And, and you're saying they have they never had any right to do it to begin with. It was the doctor's decision, but the doctor was taken out of this equation. 
the doctor, in a sense, let him or herself get taken out of the equation. And now what's happened with threatening doctor's licenses, now we've had to have attorney generals come in and support the doctors. This has happened very strongly in Nebraska. And it's happened actually by legislation in Kansas. You know, since when do we have to have legislation that supports what current practice should be right now as doctors using their judgment and using the medicines, you know, available? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I want to get to these Australia ones right now. You mentioned them earlier. So these are, it's interesting. And, and there's a whole lot to this. And, you know, I'm wondering, Dr. McCullough, and let me get to the questions, but I'm wondering on the back side, and we may not have time today, but what is going on with Australia? I mean, I, I really am puzzled as I, I, I get so much correspondence in here from Australians. And I mean, I'm really, really puzzled with how, I mean, the, their rights have been totally stripped from every aspect. They've just as well become a communist nation overnight through this COVID exercise, uh, more than most. Uh, this one here's from Diane. I, I noted on the talk uh, on uh, America Out Loud site that a woman had asked the same question I need to now urgently obtain a response to your opinion of the, okay, the Novavax vaccine. That's, Australia's pushing that a lot, aren't they? I mean, that's, an, that's an Australia thing, right? right? I just want, I get these questions all the time from Australia. They, yeah. they kind of look at it as, is it a lesser of two evils? Exactly. So can I take Novavax and get six more months of life? And then can I do something else? And I just want to be cautious because it is spike protein. Each person reacts to it differently right. and, um, and be careful about taking a vaccine to have six more months of life. This is a really slippery slope. But these people, are uh, they don't even have a choice anymore out there. I mean, they're not given a choice or an option. They can't even engage in society on any level. You understand that? I know, but it's the point now. Yeah. This is happening all over the world. Uh, the McCullough Report will report in from India and Thailand uh, this weekend. And this is happening all over yeah. the world. Yeah. And I can tell you, this whole charade drops the minute people say no to these shots. So Australians collectively are going to have to do that, you're saying? They, they are. And, you know, remember, they started out as basically almost a penal colony from England. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's that history of, mm-hmm. you know, almost as if they're under some type of, 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 of imprisonment, if you will, from uh, the, the imperial uh, empire. But the idea is they don't seem to have this bristling drive for medical freedom and independence. You know, in the United States, we have freedom groups arising all over. We're having public programs, we're legislation, but we are fighting this big time. We are not seeing the fight elsewhere. Well, that's a great point, actually, for our Australian friends right there. What Dr. McCullough says, uh, I mean, come on, you got to hear what he just said. You're all going to have to get together. And uh, I mean, let's form some groups and do some things here. I'm sure there are some out there. But Malcolm, let me say that I I did have a great uh, interchange with a hero, Craig Kelly, member of parliament. Uh, He now has formed the United Australian Party, UAP. He is going for prime minister and he's got 185 medical freedom candidates running for members of parliament. So they are doing something. We can't be too hard on our Australian friends. They know I've been there many times. I'd love to come back and visit, but they're, they're doing it the right way. 
They're basically doing it through leadership change. Yeah, it's the same thing as New Zealand. I mean, these are beautiful countries. I love New Zealand, but they're suffering the same plight here. All right, just squeeze in here. I only got a moment or two left here. Uh, Annie, uh, this is Australia now. My, uh, same thing. Let me just make sure myself and my fiance are living in Australia on temporary. Oh, on temporary work visas. And as a support worker, I'm unable to work without being vaccinated, which is getting increasingly difficult to sustain financially. And see, this is the problem they have. On top of that, I now have a family member who's sick in the UK and needs to travel home. And, and I'm not vaccinated and, and our permanent visas uh, are still processing. I'm advised that I will not be able to return to Australia. See the life and death decisions people are having to make. They have to move out of the country and they can't come back in, Dr. McCullough, you see, you know, that's it. You know, I know so she's been, saying, what about the safety of Novavax? Same, same question. See, again, it's rocking a hard place. And, um, yeah. you know, if, if, if it buys a few months of freedom, I just hopefully it won't get too sick or too damaging. We've had to do this in my family too, Malcolm. My wife's parents are Canadian and we've had to have sacrifice vaccinations in order to be able to do things. Yeah. And, um, uh, and I just can't possibly imagine the harm that's being yeah. done with this. All right. Last quick one, Australia. This is from Reese. I'm in Australia and me and some of my family have tested positive and experiencing the typical symptoms of COVID-19. We can't get ivermectin here unless it's cattle medicine. My partner's friend said that she has been taking this and that her horse vet also takes the same. Is it safe? Here's the product they are using. It's an animal products, Ostmectin sheep drench. Uh, so you, you've heard this, you've, you've heard this repeatedly. Are people taking those? And is it, I mean, it's not going to kill them, is it? Or do you know? Yeah, I can't advise anyone taking yeah, yeah. Uh, veterinary products, but I can tell you it is the <laughs> same ivermectin and that the key thing is just to get the dose uh, correct. And, uh, you know, it's desperate times right now. I mean, I people are, people How are looking at- How screwed up is this? How screwed up is this? I mean, we're ending the program talking about, I love your answer. You're so correct. I can't tell you to take a vet product, which reminds me to remind you all out there, this is for educational purposes, teaching, but this in no way replaces your doctor or your personal responsibility. You have to get that with your, your personal doctor. But yeah, no, you can't. I mean, what are we going to say? Take, take vet cattle medicine? We don't know, do we? You know? Right. You know, it's the type of thing where what are we going to say? Take take an investigational vaccine of a Wuhan spike protein so you can go get your sick mother back to the UK. Malcolm, things are off the rails. They're off the rails. I'll tell you, this has been something else here today. Uh, I've enjoyed this, though, Dr. McCullum. It's been uh, quite enjoyable. Um, and I hope you've learned something out there, friends. And, and in the meantime, as well, visit our new uh, social media feed, Get Loud America. Isn't that a cool name? At Get Loud America. We're on a lot of the getters, gabs, parlors, but uh, Twitter. Uh, but remember to follow us here, please. And so we can help get the out loud truth out. Hey, thank you all for being part of the mission here. And again, get back America Out Loud, share all that information, the out loud truth. It's alive and well. Uh, it's time to get involved and get loud, America.